morning. God bless, church. Good morning. I know it's hot today, but the Lord woke us up, right? <laughs> We're in here. We're in the house of the Lord. So let's um, open our Bibles to Hebrews 12, 1 through 6. Amen. And the word of the Lord says, There, therefore, since we have so great a cloud of witnesses surrounding us, let us also lay aside every encumbrance and the sin which so easily entangles us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, despising the shame and, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him who has endured such hostility by sinners against himself so that you will not grow weary and lose heart you have not yet resist to the point of shedding blood in your striving against sin and you have forgotten the exhortation which is addressed to you as sons my son do not regard lightly the discipline of the lord for faint when we for faint when you are reproved by him for those whom the lord loves he disciplines and he scourges every son whom he receives. This is the word of the Lord. So as this word says here, we need to keep our eyes on Jesus, the source and perfect of our faith. As we continue to stand in Jesus, he will get us through. He will pull us through our journey. So amen. Let's pray. Amen. Father God, we just come before your throne today, Lord. I just want to thank you, those who are watching online today, Lord God. Thank you, Lord, Father God, for those who are in the sanctuary today, Father God. We praise and honor your name today, Lord. We say hallelujah, Jesus. For, for, we pray for your presence today, Father God. We thank you, Lord, for allowing us, to give it, giving us breath of life today, Lord, so that we could be in your sanctuary, Lord. Lord, I ask that you would prepare our hearts to receive your word, Father God. I thank you, Lord God, that we will not leave here the same, the same way we came. We will not leave the same, Father God. We give you honor and praise. We thank you, Lord, Father God, for the worship team, Father God. We thank you for the music, that, the sound of the music that will be sent to you, Father God. And we pray that we're a blessing unto your ears, Father God. We thank you, Lord God, Father God, for our pastors and leaders, my God. We ask, Father God, that you place a special anointing upon our pastors, my God, today. We thank you for the gospel that he's going to share, Pastor Nazario. Pastor Mingo, Father God, thank you, Lord, Father God, for what you're going to use them for, for your glory, Father God. We honor you, Lord. We glorify your holy name, Lord. And we thank you, Father God, for a new day, a new season, Father God. We thank you, Lord God, that we woke up, Father God, and we ask you, Father, to forgive us of our sins, Lord. We place them at your throne today, Lord, asking you, Lord, to forgive us for anything that we've said or done, Father God, throughout the week that wasn't pleasing, Lord. We ask for your forgiveness, Father God, for you are mighty and you are our awesome God, Father God. You're King of kings, Lord of lords. Father God, we just thank you, Lord. We ask that, Holy Spirit, you would have your way in this place today, Lord. Have your way, Father God. Let us be prepared to receive the word today, Lord, the message that we were supposed to hear today, Father God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for this day, Lord. Thank you for our AV team, Lord. Thank you for our ushers, my God. Thank you for everyone that's serving before you today, Lord God, that have taken the throne to serve you today, Lord. We, we pray, Father God, we could bless your name today, Lord, that we could honor you in our service, Father God. We honor you. We glorify you today, Lord. Have your way, Lord. We 
praise you. We say thank you, Abba Father, for who you are, Lord. Thank you for another day, Lord. And we pray that, Lord, we don't leave the same, Father God. We give you the honor and the glory through your son, Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. We say amen and amen, church. Amen. amen. Let's get ready to worship the Lord this morning, amen. If you know the song, sing it with me.
rising up to take their place. It's selfless faith. It's selfless faith. I see a near revival. And I see a near
everybody lift up their hands and give him a hallelujah because he is worthy heal my heart and make it clean Death could not hold him. Death could not hold him. 
Hallelujah. Praise him, praise him. What a powerful name. What a powerful name. And what a beautiful name. The name of Jesus. Just soak in it. Soak in the name. Soak. Soak in it. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise him. This is the time where we actually come together and bring the tithe and offering. But as Christian believers, we can know the principles of tithing and offering and all that. Every one of us here who is a believer should know these principles inside it's a lot more than what we see and read in Malachi and in a lot of different areas in the Bible because they give an example about being faithful givers see tithing shows your dedication to God so I came up with eight reasons why we should tithe number one it's practiced in the Old Testament Abraham even tithe was a faithful tither. We read that in Genesis chapter 14, 18 to 22. The same thing with Jacob, another one, a faithful tither, who became Israel. And we read his exploits in Genesis 28, verse 20 and 22. Number two. Jesus up, upholds the tithing. See, the thing is, in Matthew 23, 23, Jesus, we hear, see Jesus defending the tithing. Number three, God is the source of our blessings. We should, we should believe that. In Exodus 19, 5, God is the possessor of everything. He owns everything. We should be grateful. In Deuteronomy chapter 8, 18, God gives us the power to acquire what we have. Without him, we don't have anything. We're just stewards of it. We're just basically, he's lending us that which he already owns. We don't own anything. Number four, tithing is a form of our worship. And we see that in Proverbs chapter 3, verse 9 and 10. Honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first fruits of your increase. As much as given to us, we hold him a lot. Right? Number five, tithing is an act of faith, belief. And basically, if we have faith, and what the word says in us and what we need to present to God we have to believe and trust what we put our faith in we throw faith like it's nothing but do you believe and trust what you put your faith in we see this in 2nd Corinthians chapter 5 7 we walk by faith not by sight 
because faith is an action word. All right? Number six, tithing develops godly character. Very important. In Acts chapter 20, 35, Jesus Christ said, it is more blessed to give than to what? Receive. We should all have a heart to give. I'm a giver because I know what God has given to me. And when you give to others, you're really giving them a blessing sent from God through us. In 1 Corinthians chapter 10, 20, uh, verse 24, when you tithe, you learn to what? Not seek your own, but to each one another's well-being. So you put yourself aside. You're really concerned about who needs. There's so many people that need. And you're, you're that one blessing that is around that corner. We're one step away to someone else's blessing. Right? In Matthew chapter 16, verses 24-25, it, it is a clear demonstration of our commitment to what Jesus said to his disciples. And basically what he's saying is um, we die unto ourselves. We carry that cross. We bear that cross. Number seven, tithing is holy. So in Leviticus chapter 27, verse 30 to 32, holy means to be set apart. The tithe is set apart for God's work. And it is, a sac it is sacred in God's sight, in his eyes. The last one, God demanded the tithe. It's a commandment. It's a commandment. We'll be tested in that. So in Deuteronomy chapter 14, 22, verse 22, God ordained tithing. And he commands his people to tithe. Again, it's a commandment. It's not a choice. Are we being obedient? So in Matthew... In closing, in Matthew chapter 28, verses 19-20, Therefore, it is only imperative for God's people to tithe for carrying out what? The Great Commission. We all are part of that uh, Great Commission. We, we took an oath to do the will of God, to preach the gospel that he gave us. So, As we raise our tithes and offerings, if you guys could stand up, please. If you can. I know we're tired. I know it's sweaty. Believe me. It's uncomfortable. But sometimes God purposely puts us in a very uncomfortable state to test us, to see if we're willing to do what we say and proclaim what the word says in us talk is cheap none of us are perfect I am beyond that I mean I'm still a work in, 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 in progress so, so when, when, when you raise your tithe and offering, the tithe we know that the tithe belongs to God your offering is something very unique it comes from your heart it is only what the spirit gives you what are you willing to give extra to the God right so as we raise our tithes and offerings, I just want to pray that God will continue to increase our faith 
to be cheerful givers and not by compulsion. Because whether you tithe or not, or give or not, God's still going to love you. He's still going to love you. I, I want you to know that, okay? So, Father, I just, I just, I just ask that you cover each other and, and multiply these tithes and offerings for the work of your kingdom. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Who's ready to get back into worship? Amen. Forever. 
you're with us today. Um, today there was supposed to be a special testimony. Our brother um, Deacon Bayek was supposed to testify, but um, he's not well today. So he called me to inform me of that. But you know what? The enemy is something else. And the, the, the moment that we are ready to, to give our testimony, what happens? He comes to try and stop that from coming forth. Amen. But um, we, we give glory, praise, and honor to, to God today. Amen. Um, God sees everything before it happens. Nothing takes him by surprise. It may take us by surprise, but not him. Amen. So we're going to be glorified. We glorified uh, the Lord already today in, in song. And we came into his presence and we glorified him. And I'm so happy that we were truly worshiping the Lord today. Amen. Um, and that, that's what he desires of us. He desires to be with us. Um, so Pastor Victor um, is going to be um, giving us a special message today. Along with uh, Pastor Mingo, they're going to present something very special to us. Um, but um, today, please lift up, continue to lift up the body of Christ um, for healing. There are a lot of things happening physically within the body, a lot of physical attacks taking place. But again, you know, how, how do we overcome the enemy? By the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. Our testimony is powerful. Amen? So don't be afraid to share yours. Your testimony can encourage someone else. Amen? So God bless you. And without further ado, we have Pastor Victor today and you. Pastor Mingo. God bless you all. It's good to be in the house of the Lord. Amen. Today we're going to continue a study we had started last week. We're going to come from a different angle. And, uh, but first, before that, I wanted to read all the brethren here and also online. So it's good to see everybody. I uh, want to greet uh, Pastor Lisa, uh, Pastor Eileen, uh, Brother Robert. Uh, Vera, she fakes us out. She's here, but she's you know, also online. So, so I, she gets a, a, double, a double hello. Uh, Deacon Edwin also says hello. He, he was going to be here this morning, but he wasn't feeling too well, so he decided to stay home and take care of himself. But uh, he's, he's doing well at home. Uh, so we greet him. Larry also. Larry, God bless you. It's good to see that you're with us fellowshipping today. Sister Francis, amen. Say hello to Sister Francis. God bless you, Sister Francis. Amen, Sister Francis and family. You know, she still fellowships with us, and so I'm very, very grateful that she's able to do that. Praise God. Amen. So we're going to continue talking about um, the weapons of our warfare, but we're going to come from a different angle. This past Thursday, um, I put out a video, and in the video, I was talking about three things that the Apostle Paul did that helped him to achieve his purpose. Um, so 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 29 through 27. So if you want to read that, uh, Pastor, and then um, give me your initial thoughts. Hallelujah. Good morning, saints of God. 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 25 through 27. All athletes are disciplined in their training. They do it to win a prize that will fade away. But we do it for an eternal prize. Paul says, so I run with purpose in every step. Stop there a second. Isn't it interesting how he connects athletes and what he does? Yes. Yes. And he says, all 
athletes. Say that with me, all. 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 So Paul, like all athletes do, he disciplined himself. So that connects us. Mm -hmm. So like athletes, we're also called to run our race with purpose. Amen. So by nature, we should be living a disciplined life. The Christian that has no discipline is not really running the race. That's right. You don't need to say amen. You could just, uh, you know, maybe say, mmm. That's right. That's right. Amen. Go ahead. Amen. And I like this analogy that he's given, Apostle. And the reason why I like it is because sometimes when we open up the Word of God, we may have parabolic statements or analogies that talks about farming or it talks about the contemporary of Jesus' day, and we can't always identify with that. But certainly when you look at the Olympics or when you look at any type of sports, you've identified when you came up through any type of parochial school system, you've had some type of teams that you've rooted for. Anyone root for their team when their team was competing? How did you feel when your team lost and the uh, visiting team was sitting down there on your court or in your field sitting down there celebrating? So we understand about this competition. We understand about this. And so, and so we can identify with this from this perspective. Paul wants us to understand that there, first of all and foremost, there is a prize waiting for us. And the other part of this that's important to understand is that your race is not designed to contend with my race. We are not competing with one another. Come on, somebody. I'll say that again. You are not competing with the person sitting next to you. So stop looking at them like that, okay? Huh? Come on, somebody. The problem is in this world today, you know, we have to figure out what the Joneses have and we try to get what the Joneses have. I got to get a new car or I got to get a new, uh, uh, you know, a new pair of shoes or I got to get a new pocketbook or I got a new hairdo, what's in style. But, but that's competition that has nothing to do because when you come before God, when I come before God, God doesn't look at what you're wearing. He looks at your heart. Come on, somebody. I, I'll repeat that again because I only got about 14 hallelujahs and there's more people in here and apostles looking online. So if you don't give your hallelujah online, God's going to see that and well, so will the apostle. I said, I said, God doesn't care how well you're clothed in your physical flesh. He, wear, he cares how well your heart is clothed. Amen. Come on, somebody. Amen. He came for your heart. And so Paul says, so I run with purpose with purpose in every step and I'm not just shadow boxing if you don't know what shadow boxing is anyone ever see the movie Rocky or you ever watch sports online and they start training you're not boxing with a sparring partner a matter of fact Apostle does that when he shows his collars every now and then lets you know he's still in shape anyone see Apostle do his collars every now and then I'm still ready for you okay and so that's shadow boxing. Okay? I discipline my body. Someone say that. I discipline my body. Oh, come on, somebody. Someone say that. I discipline my body. How many did your sit ups today? Huh? Raise your hand if you did. Okay, I don't see any hands raised, Apostle. Huh? Huh? Y'all got out of bed and said, Ooh, it's another day. It's hot outside. Ooh. But you'll discipline yourself to make it here. Come on, give yourself a hand clap of praise. I said you disciplined yourself to make it in the house of God. Give yourself a hand clap of praise. Because you made it in the house of God. Come on. And you made it online. 
That takes a discipline. It says, I discipline my body like an athlete. Training it. Your body isn't it. Training it to do what it should do. Apostle? And it's interesting, is that training it to do what it should do. Problem is, we allow our bodies to tell us what it wants. And that's where the challenge happens. Yes, sir. We think that our body is us. No, it's our house. Yes. That we live in while we're here in this earth realm. Come on. We have to train it so it would do the purposes of God in our lifetime. Yes. And when our body, which is a spoiled little child, you know, screams and rants, we say, shut up. You do what I tell you to do. And since we are scriptural in nature, we will tell our body to submit to scripture. See, so I train it to do what it should. Yes. So say to your neighbor, it's time to train your body. It's time to train your body. And part of training your body is training your mind. Because as the mind goes, the body goes. Yes. yes. I'm going to say it again. As the mind goes, the body goes. Yes, sir. So the many thoughts we have many times control our actions when it doesn't even inure to the benefit of the kingdom of God. It doesn't benefit to the purposes of God. But we think that because we think it, that's us. No, they're just thoughts. You can control your thoughts. Yes, you sir. can control your body. Yes, sir. You can tell it what it needs to eat. You can tell it how much it has to sleep. Yes. You can tell it to exercise. Yes. Now, I got to tell you, body will fight you all the way, especially in the beginning. But if you command it, after a while, it'll submit and become a good servant. Yes. Versus being a taskmaster. Yes. Right. I got two mmms this time. That's good. It's better than before. <laughs> it's true. It's, it's, it's a problem. Romans 8.21. I'm sorry. Romans 8.28 says, We know that all things work together for good for those who love God, who are called according to His purpose. Yes. So God is a God of purpose. Yes. He made us on purpose. In 1 John 3.8, it says that Jesus was created on purpose on. to destroy the works of the devil. So God is a God of purpose. He made you with purpose. Mm. Tell your neighbor, you're made with purpose. You're made, you're made with purpose. Yeah, but since we don't understand that, we will then do whatever we feel for the day, whatever we feel for the week, whatever we feel for the month. We'll go over there and they're doing it, so we do it, you know. Come on, take some drugs with us. So we'll take the drugs. That's right. But it's not part of our purpose. We are kings and priests unto our God. We are ambassadors. Ambassadors don't behave just any old form of way. They're very disciplined in their life. They know that when they speak, they speak for a nation. And if you don't understand that yet, learn it today, that you speak on behalf of the kingdom of God. Amen. You speak on behalf of your king. That's right. So the things you say have value. They also have power. And so that's why we need to discipline ourselves. Even the things we say. Even when you're angry, you're not, really allow you're not allowed to throw a tantrum. That's right. That's right. Thank you, sir, for that amen. Come on. I really appreciate it. Who told you you have the right to, to lose your temper? The Bible says get angry and sin not. That's right. Amen. Maybe we should preach this in the other church. Maybe they'll receive it a little better. I don't know. How do, are we going to Everybody, everybody's just looking at me right now. They lost their joy. They're, they're working out muscles today, Apostle. So purpose is critical to any and all forms of success. According to Miriam's, it's something that you set up as an object or an end to be attained. Something that you want to accomplish. But purpose in Scripture, in, in the Kingdom of God, actually Dr. Miles Monroe put it this way, it's the original intent 
for the creation of a thing. Come on. Say the original again, reason for the existence of a thing. So when God created you, he created you with a purpose. So when we connect with God, he reveals uh, our purpose, the purpose for which he created us for. So when we consider purpose, it's very important because purpose will prompt your actions and your journey. Purpose will tell you what to do, what to say, who to hang out with, who to stay away from. Purpose will give you inspiration. Dr. Moreau also said, without life purpose, life is just an experiment or a haphazard journey that results in frustration, disappointment, and failure. Without purpose, life is subjective or it's a trial and error game. See, that's like our government, right? We're trying this, we're trying that. Young people today, they're trying this and trying that, trial and error. Why? Because they don't know their purpose. They don't know they're above that. Hence, they try things. But unfortunately, um, it's ruled by environmental influences and the circumstances of the moment. Likewise, in the absence of purpose, time has no meaning, energy has no reason, Come on. and life has no precision. Come on. Wow. Come on. Praise God. Wow. So when we're talking about purpose and running our, ra our race with purpose, this is vital. And that's why I said on the video, who got my video this past Thursday? Some people didn't raise their hands. Why not? You didn't get it? Who didn't get my video this week? Or who didn't get the, uh, the text? Everybody got the text? Ooh. That means some of you just aren't looking at the video. Oh, no. Oh, that's just not right. You know how long it takes me to put those puppies up? Online. Let me know how many of you uh, saw the video. So put, put it on chat, okay? I want to know. Because you might be doing better than those that are here right now. I'm just so not happy about that. When pastor puts a video, you see the video. I'm not asking you if you want to. I'm saying see the video. That's part of my ability to communicate with you. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. <laughs> Amen. So what's the first principle, sir? Well, I, I wanted to give you the, the final B clause of... Go ahead, brother. 1 Corinthians 9, 27. Paul says this. He's, the reason why he disciplines his body, there's a reason he does this. He says, otherwise, I fear, this is Paul speaking, that after preaching to others, that's Apostle and I, right now, we're preaching to you, right? I myself might be disqualified. See, there is a misnomer that if you sit in here that you're just automatically in and it's like, you know, the race is won already. No race is won and the journey finished until last breath is breathed. We're also running our purpose too. Say it again. We're also running our purpose too. Yes, sir. Yes, yes sir. So, so, so if you take a deep breath, you know you're still in the race. Take a deep breath. You're still in the race. Amen. Amen. There's still purpose in you. Oh, you only hear me, you only hear me. Just in case the enemy's been speaking to you today, I declare over your life, there is purpose in you. Raise your hand and identify with the purpose that's in you. Say, there's purpose in me. There's purpose in me. Oh, come on, come on. Shake off that complacency. I know it's hot, but come on, it's hotter than hell. Say, there's purpose in me. Come on. You got to discipline yourself. You got to strive. 
Jesus said it in seven, John 17, verse 4. He says, he says this to his father. I have glorified you on the earth. I have finished the work which you have given me to do. So we didn't come here of our own accord, apostle. That's right. We want to put in the race of our own choosing. You know, my grandson, you know, started out in track this person year and, and they put him in a particular event that he desired not to do and he says you know pop up next year I'm going to go for the event I'm looking to go into and I think he's going to do well with it because he has the qualifications for it but the coaching staff putting in the event that they felt was going to be more beneficial to the team at large come on somebody see come on somebody God puts you in the event and he placed you in the earth. He put purpose on the inside of you because he recognizes the value in you that you're supposed to pour out before you leave this earth. And so that purpose is purpose not for you to go to the grave with. That purpose is to spill out. It's like that sponge. Make sure every drop comes out. Come on, somebody. And if you don't know about it, tea bag is no good until it gets put in some hot water and puts that flavoring in. There are times it might be hot in your situation, but it's called for the flavoring to come out of you. You. Amen. It's good. It's good, my brother. Amen. Hallelujah. Eli says, I got the videos. Praise God. Amen. Larry says he got them. Uh, Eileen says she saw it. Renee says yes. Pastor Lisa received it. Um, yeah. yeah, that's so. At least some, somebody's looking at the videos. The others are looking at it right now so they can come back and say they watched it, Apostle. That's cheating. No, what we're doing is we're working according to the word of the Lord. The Lord said we would be ministering to thousands. Amen. So the way we do it is we minister among ourselves. Then we share it, we like it, then it grows from there. What we do is we take the word of the Lord and we warfare with it. And so it grows. That's right. So in the same way that um, uh, Pastor was sharing about uh, the fact that we really need to work according to our purpose and how um, the coach says, yeah, I think you, because of your purpose and your gifting, you're able to actually do better if we put you here. See, God did that. He placed us yes. in places. He connects us with people. He connects us with a church family. Um, Proverbs 29, 18 in the New Living Translation says, when people do not accept divine guidance, see, when we don't get his purpose, Come on. it says they run wild. Woo! How is this nation running right now? Are, Come on. are we all organized and Come on. cohesive? No, we're falling apart. Come on. Because we're running away from God's purposes mm. and we're mm. trying to replace it with an alternative form of morality. Yes, sir. I yes, say sir. it's a lack of morality. Yes, sir. Because when you don't build on solid rock, mm. what's the option? Marsh? You'll sink. When we build on sinking sand, we sink. Yes, exactly. sir. So it says whoever obeys the law is happy happy fulfilled come on so purpose harnesses you to your destiny and reason for being yes sir so when Paul was talking about this the first principle that I shared on Thursday and I wanted to repeat it now is Paul said he ran his race with purpose yes sir he knew what he was running the race for mm -hmm. see most people are just chasing after things they're chasing after business and don't yes. get me wrong I don't think business is wrong but that cannot be your primary purpose Paul was a tent maker. He used to make money doing that, right? He, he was also uh, a type of rabbi. Yes. But 
but its primary purpose was to share the gospel with the Gentile, mm -hmm. with the Jew and the Gentile. And after he caught his purpose, look how his life changed and mm -hmm. how massively he was able to minister to the entire regions. And not only that, he, he wrote several epistles which we today are still receiving instructions from yes, by inspiration of the Holy Ghost. So most people don't know their godly purpose. But disciplines will reveal what your priority is. Your disciplines will reveal whether you're on point or whether you're just trying things. Your disciplines will show that. Jesus said, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Yes, sir. What do you treasure? Well, that's where your heart will be. That's yes. where you spend your time. That's where you, you, you'll devote the majority of your time. See, I don't hang out Saturday nights in bars. Because mm -hmm. it's not my purpose. Right. See, before, when I, when I didn't know Jesus, I mean, I got saved early. I got saved at 15. But even at age 15, I was already trying stuff. But, you know, when, when Jesus grabbed a hold of my heart and his purpose came to my heart, my disciplines changed. Yes. I started going to church and I got, I got saved and, and that became part of my discipline. I went to church Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. <laughs> That's what they did at that, in those days. But, you know, even right now, I'm here today because... This is part of my purpose. Yes. Some people say you live far. So, part of my purpose is to be here with you, to worship Amen. to God, worship God together with my church family. Amen. This is where my heart is. Yes. This is where my treasure is. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. So we glorify God together. Amen. Hallelujah. When you talked about the the, the things that you did, um, I thought about how my life shifted when I got married. My purpose oh, yeah. got realigned. And so sometimes certain things take place in your life where your purpose gets realigned. You, you get married, you have children. You know, all of those things begin to cultivate. Uh, you know, and, and I, you know, one of the things I, I was able to celebrate my grandfather, my, my, my uncle's 95th birthday yesterday. Wow. 95 years. If you're listening, Uncle Link, God bless you. 95 years. And uh, he's walking with a walking stick, and he stood up, and he was just thankful for those that were able to make it out and, and celebrate uh, his lifespan. But one of the things I started thinking about was in 95 years, and I've known him through the course of his tenure of different things that he accomplished, but I started thinking about the, the fragileness of man. Come on, somebody. The fragileness of man. And yet, there's still a constant. He's still walking in purpose. He has the faculties of his mind. See, we look at this earth suit and we judge our capability based on our physicality. Oh, you cannot be much more wrong than you think. Because, see, as your physicality decreases, your ability to walk in the spirit can increase. Come on, somebody. You can become grown up in the spirit. You can become more mature in the spirit. You begin to war in the spirit. You can begin to do things in the spirit that physically you could not do, but your physicality has no bearing on your spiritual walk with God. 
And so when you press into God, when you press into your purpose, when you press into the plan of God, when you press into the things God has placed you in the earth to do and to be, it doesn't mean you're perfect. It means you're being perfected. Listen, this church is not, you didn't come to Christ because you were sinless. You didn't come to Christ because you didn't have faults. You didn't come to Christ because you didn't have failure. You didn't come to Christ because everything was perfect. You know, the, 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 the conversation you have, once I get my life right, come on somebody, then I'll go to God. Right? Once, once I get it right. Well, it doesn't work that way. You can't get your life right and then go to God. Matter of fact, you got to go to God to get your life right. Amen. Come on, somebody. He's going to put a different discipline in you. He, he's going to wake you up early. And so this morning, God unctioned me, and I got up early. And I know we do our 515 call, right, Minister Al? But I, I, I listen, I, I told Mr. Lee, I may not make it because I'm still in my own personal prayer. Come on, somebody. Amen. I may not make it to the corporate prayer. Am I right? I text Minister Lee, I said, I may not make it because I'm still in, because it caused me to go deeper for my family. I saw my 95-year-old uncle standing up there just tears, just, just appreciative of the celebration of life. Come on, somebody. And he said, I may not have another opportunity for this. I just want to say thank you. And it moved me. And I just, I just, I just want to spend more time praying for my family. Purpose. Someone say purpose. We're talking purpose today. Your life is not in vain. Your breath is not in vain. Every step you take, Paul said, every step I take, make it intentional. Apostle? Amen. A man and woman who knows their purpose, they are clear in what's truly important what's not. They know where to invest their time because they have purpose. They know how not to waste time because time is a valuable commodity. It's a gift. Our purpose is found in the Holy Scriptures, and that's why it's imperative that we meditate, one of our disciplines have to be meditate, meditating on the scriptures each and every day. Jesus knew his purpose in everything he did, every action he took, every conversation he had with anybody, it was done on purpose and through purpose. In Luke chapter four, he, you know, he shared his life assignment, you know, to heal, to deliver, set the captive free, just so much that, that we see there. The spirit of the Lord is upon me because He's anointed me. Then he went on to explain what? You know, heal the brokenhearted, proclaim liberty to the captives, recover sight of the blind. Very specific. Purpose is always very specific. Pur purpose is not what that person's doing. For you, it's different, specific, it's unique. And God gave you unique giftings on purpose. And that's the way you're supposed to share it. I often, you know, when I talk with Nate, I said, Nate, I want you to do it your way because he ministers in a different way, he thinks in a different way, and that's the way God made him. So I, I would be in, um, an uh, how can I say, I would not be a good leader, say it that way, if I were to tell him, I want you to do everything like I do. Right. It's, you know, it's, his purpose is different than mine. But I, you know, the important thing is tell him, you grab onto the principles of God's word, the truths of God's word. You follow God, follow his word. And then as it rolls out through you, it'll look different but God will get glory. And people will be saved, healed, set free. The gospel will be preached to the poor. The brokenhearted will be healed. The uh, liberty to the captives and so on and so forth. Because we are to imitate Christ. Yes, 
See, so, you know, the world should be seeing that in and through us. So we praise God for that. Then the second purpose is that Paul ran his race with purpose in every step that he took and in every decision that he made. So that denotes that we have to prepare our day. Minister Mickey, what do you think about that? Hallelujah. Preparing your calendar, preparing your day, preparing your week, preparing your month. What do you think about that? Yeah. That's your lifestyle. Discipline. To the point where in her calendar, it explains where she's going, where she's been, what she's going to do. That's discipline. So because she does that, she doesn't waste time. She commands her day. City neighbor, command your day. Command your day. City neighbor, command your week. Command your week. Command your month. Command your month. Command your year. Command your year. People that are that di disciplined, you can't just go up there. Come on, let's chill. Let's hang. So hold on. Let me look at my calendar. I could chill with you two weeks from now at three o'clock. <laughs> you don't believe me? Try talking to a CEO. Come on. Trying to chill with a CEO. It's not going to happen. Not going to happen. And so it's powerful about that. It's, 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 so how do you start commanding your day? You start with one moment. Master the moment. Figure out whether or not what you're doing with that particular moment is what you're called to do. Yes. Does this look familiar? Huh? Does that look familiar? Anyone know what this is? <laughs> 25 years ago, this didn't exist. And if you left the house without your cell phone, you went back before you got to church. Huh? Huh? I was, my wife, my wife got a call from someone who asked her to reach out to her. And um, like myself, my wife didn't stay on Facebook, but she saw a message on Monday. She didn't see it till Thursday. And she said, I'm not sure if this is real enough. This particular person's in a hospital and, and she's not doing too well. She wants me to come see. I said, well, let's go down to the hospital. And so we went to Albert Einstein, Albert Einstein Hospital, same hospital two of my children were born in years ago, Minister Al. So, so um, we get there, we go through the process, get checked in, go upstairs. Some of you have been in the hospital, you know, you have to go through everything, you know. I mean, listen, you know, okay, listen, I have no weapons. I have, you know, this is my phone, you know what I'm saying? Okay, you get up to the hospital, and I'm staying in the waiting room because this is someone that my wife knows. That's a female, so I want to give them their space. And she comes out about an hour and a half later. They didn't have the AC on too much in there, and I fell asleep in the waiting room, and I stretched out. Now, most of you know I have long legs, so I'm in the waiting room stretching out, and I wake up, and a man's on the floor kneeling and praying. What was his religion? Huh? I didn't hear you. You know why? Because we recognize the discipline of a Muslim. Then he got up and he looked at me as if I was in his space. I was there by myself. I woke up, you were there. And he left. And now I'm on the phone with no other than the honorary Elder Ross. And we're talking. And I'm on the phone, I have my earpiece in, 
and I'm talking to him. You can see him engaged in a conversation. No one else is in the room. And I'm sitting where I've been seated the whole time I was there for an hour and a half. A woman comes in. She walks over to the same space the Muslim man was in. And she looks around, she looks at me, and then she goes to the other side of the room, and she's like, no, that's not going to do. And she comes, she says, excuse me, I want to pray. I said, be my guest. She said, but can you move over there? What? Did someone say, oh, no, she didn't? Okay, we're going to pray for her. Lord, in Jesus' name, bless that woman right now. In Jesus' name, bless her. Bless her, Lord. I thought, oh, no, she didn't. <laughs> but guess what we do? Never destroy someone's faith to bring to God. I honored her faith. I honored her discipline. My God, if, if, if we can just introduce her to Jesus, come on. It's not just a prophet. We might have her laying on the floor here at 6 p.m. Because, she, they, listen, they brought their mats in. They took their shoes off. They kneeled toward the east. Come on. And they prayed. They didn't care who was watching them. They moved the stuff around. Excuse me. This got to be out the way. This guy, we're talking discipline. We're talking purpose. I yield back to you, apostle. That's all I got to say. That's right. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. I was, last week I was talking to the Uber driver, and he was Muslim. And we were talking about the insanity of our day. And he said, what do you think about it? I said, well, I have a different take on this. And I brought it from a spiritual angle. And he looked at me, he smiled, he says, you know, we really think the same thing. I said, do we? So he got into a spiritual Come on. discussion, you know, and even talking about the devil and how, you know, he's moving his earth and you know, we need to get back to God and the whole thing. So That's it. Yeah. And let, let, me, let me just segue mm -hmm. and say this one thing. If you don't know about the Holy Quran, one of the things about the Holy Quran that it says is that if you have a question that can't be answered in the Holy Quran, which is their Holy Scriptures, they say to go to children of the way. Guess who children of the way are? You are children of the way. Why? Because Jesus is the way. And if you get in the way of Jesus, you become offspring of the way. So stay in the way, get disciplined in the way, and be ready to answer those who come to you for questions. Someone say, get disciplined. With purpose. Amen. So the third principle is Paul disciplined his body like an athlete. So he commanded his body to line up with the purpose that he was called to. He said no to everything else in order to maximize and in order to focus on what was really important. What's important to you? What are you disciplining, disciplining yourself to? To some people, their discipline is comfort. They have become experts. They can win a medal at, at comfort watching La Novelita or spending hours on social media. Come on. Do they accomplish much? No. But they're experts. Mm. Don't mess with my time. From, from 5 to 11, it's taken. 
They know a program on TV every single half hour, every hour. They know the different channels. Everybody stop saying amen. amen. At least 10 people just walked out. <laughs> yeah, that's what we've become. We've become experts at comfort. Mm -hmm. But that was not Paul. Paul shunned the things that took away mm -hmm. the ability to maximize his moment. Yes, sir. Purpose and, and reason why we discipline our bodies is because purpose harnesses us. It connects us to our destiny and our reason for being. Hallelujah. So are you apprehended by Christ? Come on. Or is Christ a visitor? Come on, come on, come on. Like, you know, once a month in your house. Are we, uh, are we praying because every single morning is natural to us now? Mm -hmm. Like breathing? Or does somebody have to tell us to pray? My God. No, your purpose will harness you to your reason of being. So when we, we consider purpose, we have to consider that purpose clarifies your personal, yes, sir. your team concepts. Yes, sir. It clarifies your vision. Yes. The more clear you are on your purpose, the more clear your vision will be for life. Yes, sir. Why I do the things that I do. And your mission in life. When we understand our purpose, it becomes a springboard for success in every level of your life, in everything that you do, in every relationship. When you go meet your family, what's your purpose for that? Mm -hmm. Come on. Ah, just throw a couple of dogs there, a couple of steaks, and that's it. But what's your purpose for being there? It should be to bring them to Christ. Yes, sir. Bring them closer to God. Yes, sir. This morning I was on the train, and this doesn't come natural to me. I, I struck a conversation with a gentleman. Don't know who he is. At the end of the ride, we were reaching 34th Street. So what's your name, sir? He gave me his name. He says, let me pray with you for the rest of your journey. He said, what? He said, let me pray for you. I didn't ask him, can I pray? I said, let me pray for you. There you go. And then I prayed for him. So I hope you have a good journey and everything. Right? He said, oh, okay, thank you, thank you. He was taken aback by that. Mm -hmm. I don't care. I know it's going to bless him. That's right. Because I know, as being one of the people from the way, come on, come on. I know that we're called to be light. Yes, and sir. in our own little way, a prayer, you know, maybe sharing our testimony, something we could do, bring him closer. So what are we doing? Purpose helps us to become clear. Yes. Can you write out your life vision mm. in a sentence? Come on, that's good. It's a question. Think about it. That's good. What am I all about? What, what, what did God put me here on earth to do? Can you be detailed about your life, your specific objectives? A clear purpose allows each person, each organization, the process and the ability to be able to work together with others. Yes, sir. Now, having said that, your purpose by necessity will cause other people to walk away from you. Mm. Not everybody, but some people just don't mesh with your purpose. That's right. And so they won't want to hang out with you. They might curse you. They might call you names. But that's okay. It's my purpose. They call Jesus' name. So that they call me names. So what? They did it to my master. Yes, sir. They slapped Jesus, punched Jesus. You know, he, he, he did it all for us. So that they, they persecute me somewhat. So, I'm part of the way. Some people are just not going to like me. Yes, sir. Other people will gravitate toward me. Come on. Because we have similar life vision. Yes. We're called, like all, us as a church family, we're drawn together from many different backgrounds, even different cultures. But we're called to work 
at an objective and a purpose in the city of New York and beyond for a purpose. God brought us together. Amen? Amen. So that's, that's the second thing. The, also, another thing, purpose creates an atmosphere Come on. of certainty and boldness. You could be bold when you're walking in your purpose. Come on. Because you know it's your purpose. Yes, sir. Jesus was very bold in his purpose. Mm -hmm. Paul was bold. Yes. He didn't ask people, what should I do? He knew exactly what he needed to do. So he was very certain about his actions. Yes, sir. He's very bold in his actions. When was the last time you saw a bold Christian? Come on. That's a Christian that knows their purpose. Hallelujah. When you identify with your purpose, you gain a, a level of boldness that's almost supernatural. You walk with peace. You walk with the joy of the Lord because you're in your purpose. Amen. Hallelujah. You know, as, as you were speaking, it brought me back to my time ministering to men in the prison. And one of the things that I always, watch this, purposed to do was to awaken their purpose. Well, how would I do that? I found the misnomer being said that most people are in prison because of anger. Not true. That's what people want you to believe. Most people are in prison because they don't know who they are. Come on, somebody. If you know who you are, it won't imprison you. It will free you. Jesus met with Simon and Simon became Peter. Jesus met with Saul and Saul became Paul. God met with Jacob and Jacob, a trickster, became someone who's real. His name is Israel. Come on, somebody. When you meet with God, you begin to identify who you are. You cannot find your purpose without first knowing who you are. Your name, your first name is who you are. Your last name is what you leave. It's a legacy. And your purpose is designed to outlive you. So if it looks too big, it's probably purpose. If it's too small and you can do it, you probably need to expand it. Come on, somebody. Someone need to knock down a room and open up a wall for your purpose. Stop making your purpose so small that you can do it in a week. Pastor, I'll be back next week. I'll finish my purpose. What else I got to do? What? Oh, I did it last week. I'm done. Your purpose will outlive you. Come on. That's, a, that's right. That's a project. And a purpose will have milestones. You might be someplace at this time next year, and you're like, oh, this is good, Pastor. You started talking about purpose, and I, listen, I, I, listen, you, you want to make it easy? Next week, do what the apostle said. Write down one sentence identifying your purpose. Raise your hands. Ray, come on, raise your hands. Raise your hands. Raise your hands. For anyone raising their hands, do you agree to write down your purpose? I got three yeses with 25 hands raised. Come on, come on. So everyone will write their purpose down. And then I need you to lock it in a safe. The safe of your heart. That's the safest space. And how do you lock it in your safe? Pray on it. As a matter of fact, your purpose won't become known to you without prayer. 
you don't get to assign your purpose God's already assigned your purpose he's the manufacturer of you amen purpose is what you do when you don't feel like it oh come but on you know it's part of your purpose you do come it on. anyway your body doesn't want it you do it anyway hallelujah I don't want to go to church this morning that's part of my purpose yes sir you go anyway come on I don't want come to on. pray you pray anyway come on I don't want to read the scripture you do it anyway come it's on part of your purpose come on how many of you have said ah I'm not going to eat this week mm-hmm it's part of their purpose <laughs> when it's time to eat don't mess with me push you out of my way no we do it because it's our purpose for the Christian we're not to live as the masses do like Paul who imitated Christ we are to daily work on our spiritual discipline daily yes, sir. Yes, sir. say with me daily daily it's exactly right that's what we do Philippians chapter 3 come on look that up and read that Philippians chapter 3 yes sir verses 12 through 15 this is what Paul said Man, I, I, I love that scripture. I went over to Philippians. You started talking. I went over there. I didn't get where I wanted to get, but you're getting me there. You said 12 through 15? Yeah, Philippians 3, verses 12 through 15. Wow. The title of this is Pressing Toward the Mark. Amen. Begins in verse 12. Not that I have already attained or am already perfected, but I press on that I may lay hold of that which Jesus Christ or Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me I take hold of why Christ took hold of me brethren I count not myself to have apprehended but one thing I do forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of the upward calling of God in Christ Jesus therefore let us as many as are mature have this mind and if any and in anything you think otherwise God will reveal this to you hallelujah amen amen so you saw how Paul come on he knew his purpose yes sir at the end he said I have fought the good fight yes I sir finished the race come on I have kept the faith hallelujah finally there's laid up for me the crown of yes. righteousness oh God. which the Lord the righteous judge will give me on that day yes not only to me but also to to those who love mm. his appearing wow hallelujah amazing hallelujah amen close it down you know apostle that's how i pray oftentimes ministry i can attest to this sometimes when i'm in prayer one of the things is god i take hold of that which you've taken hold of me for see because god took hold of me i didn't take hold of myself and sometimes we have to be reawakened. Sometimes we have to be stirred back up. God didn't place you in the position of your authority for you to do what you feel like. As a matter of fact, God's not concerned about your feelings. Could I tell you a real secret? God's less concerned about your life than he is your soul. He wants your soul more than your life is what you're trying to go after. And so right now, Lord, I pray for your people online and in the sanctuary that we will apprehend that for which he has been apprehended. Help us to press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Father, I thank you and I praise you for the purpose that you set in each and every one of us, Father. Lord, I ask that their faith begin to come alive even right now, Lord. Lord, I ask that the stirring of that faith begin by them, Father. Lord, I thank you that that faith is designed for them, Father, and let them loose every weight and every 
sin that does so easily beset him, looking unto Jesus, who is the author and a fish of their faith, Father, who thought it not robbery to be equal to God, but he pressed himself toward the mark of his own call, Father. Let each one of them press in to the mark of their call, Father. That pressing is like the wine press when Jesus pressed into the God of Gethsemane, pressing into his purpose pressing into the plan, even unto the cross. And God, you have even said, oh God, that we are to pick up our cross and follow you daily. So Lord, we know that the cross is not easy. The cross is not about feeling good. But as we pick up that cross and we move into you, Father, Lord, I thank you that we move into our purpose, Father. Grant us your wisdom. Grant us your understanding. Grant us our individual identities and help us to begin to see what you called us to see in this hour, in this season, as we discipline ourselves, be thou glorified in and through us, Father, in Jesus' name, amen. God bless you all. So as you go out, remember, you're on assignment. You have a purpose. You are a, like an athlete in all things, in all situations, circumstances. You're observing your time. You're disciplined. You're discerning of situations. So go walk in God's grace. Remember, you are blessed and you are highly favored. Have a great week. Bless you. Hallelujah.